to What Shall We Say to These Things. I'm TJ. And I'm MJ. And this is your Loki Ghetto Bible Study. Mm-hmm. And um, this time we're going to be looking at Esther chapter 9, verses 1 to 19. Yep, 1 to 19. Uh, if this is your first video, check the description and you could start in our first episode for this um, book where we talk about the... We do an introduction to the whole book and give a little background on and setting um, for the story. So, um, But if you're continuing, this is the point where we ask you to say a quick prayer and then we'll get into it. Yeah, so as usual, I am going to summarize in portions. We'll discuss what we found interesting, what stood out to us, and then we will look at what was revealed to us about God and what are the things we are going to apply to our lives because we're saying the Bible study should be about transformation. Yeah. So splitting this cha- this portion another chapter because we're only looking at the first nineteen verses, which is pretty relatively easy. Um, looking at the content, so I went with the first ten verses together, one to ten, and then eleven to nineteen. Mm-hmm. So we told from the very first one right that we have now arrived to the day, D Day where um, it was expected that the enemies of the Jews would be able to destroy them, wipe them out, all that bad stuff. But we see a turning of the table. We have the exact opposite outcome happening. The Jews gathered together in all of the provinces and they they defended themselves against anybody who tried to harm them. And it says that they were undefeatable because so many nationalities had become afraid of them or fearful of them. And then we're told that even the leaders and the people in power helped the Jews because they were fearful and respected Mordecai. And based in, to give us context for that, they told us that Mordecai had gained influence in the king's house and the news of his power and his fame had spread throughout the provinces. And then we get back to the, cut back to the story and it tells us that the Jews killed and destroyed those who hated them. And in Susa, they killed 500 men as well as the ten sons of Haman, but they did not touch their property. So mm. that's that's our first ten verses. Okay. Not not I don't want to say not a lot happening, but it was pretty um pretty straightforward, yeah. I guess. Easy to summarize. Um for me, like especially especially since like based on the conversation we had um last week about people becoming fearful of the Jews. I was coming into this chapter not expecting, well, not necessarily not expecting, but a bit surprised to see it outright written that there were still people who were anticipating that they would be able to harm the Jews. I think it's, it's, it could be one of two things. Either their hatred was so strong or um, there was a sense of superiority. Okay. As in, these people... Psh- they can't do anything, um, even if the king has given them permission. They're weaklings, um, and we could take them. But I think that that in itself was interesting because I'm like, where is this hatred or like this disdain for the Jews coming from? And it, it like, like I was I was I was somewhat surprised to see this level of anti-Semitism. Is that like mm. I think that's the word going like so far um, back? I think we we are suspicious and um it becomes easy to dislike people who are different from us and we were we had this conversation i think 
earlier that um when you once you could separate yourself from a group of people it becomes very easy to hate yeah. them yeah. so i think um the jews would have been separate they would have been distinct they would have had their own cu- um customs and and rituals and rites and um it would be easy to spot them i imagine but i'm thinking about like if you think about how they ended up there in the first place they were not like granted this this generation was there on their own world, but they'd been brought in brought in through slavery through abduction um through the destruction of their own homeland mm-hmm. and to me to me if i see people coming into a place under those conditions and managing to thrive and maintain life and be successful i would be in all of them like to me that would not be reason to hate Th- that's that's an what you call it that is uh not a natural response okay. like it's so easy to be um jealous, jealous. yeah mm. to be just as especially if two things if you are one like them if you've been brought in by slavery like how they managing and and we didn't manage to um be successful like that and to prosper or um even if they surviving or they um because if if we if Daniel's um influence in the palace made any difference i think there would have been respect for the jews all okay. around mm-hmm. and so i would be upset how is how is only the jews that getting um special treatment we came um just like them and nothing is happening for us but as we can see they were not getting special um special <laughs> treatment here well i mean they it was a special treatment oh, but it's not the desired special treatment anybody would want so I, for me that was just an interesting point um but for me one of the biggest things that stood out is that throughout this portion we see a repetition of the jews came together mm. the jews united and to me that was the secret but i guess i'm getting ahead of myself here the secret to their defense their okay. ability to protect themselves their ability for them to be successful in 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 saving themselves was in their unity but i think that would be another reason to dislike them as well because i don't see the jews um i don't see them not being together in the first place i feel like for a lot of the festivals and stuff like that they would have had to come together and eat and um worship So I see them being a tight knit group. But but like I'm I'm like I have I like I struggle with the chron- chronological order of the Bible. So I'm wondering like is this are these is <laughs> okay, is this like if cuz if these like duh, these would be the descendants of Abraham. But if you think about it, right? The descendants of Abraham were literally one family. Mm, yeah. So whether you like it or not, they basically a family. Mm. Yeah. So I think that in that context and I think it makes us makes me think of our extended family. I can I can relate to the unity. Yeah. Um yeah. and based especially based on the fact that thinking about it, you realize that these are all Jacob's children. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they they want big family. And so like if, if you think about it in that sense it would make sense that they would come together to defend each other because mm. if you just think about our family <laughs> <laughs> and just one person being um threatened yeah. and how it like yeah. how it will f- um unfold mm-hmm. it's it's it makes sense that they would come together and fight for each other and fight alongside each other yeah, yeah. yeah. 
so that was interesting but i think i for me the takeaway was that i strongly believe that the success was in the unity it was not every man for himself or every household for themselves mm. they banded together and and deliberately by themselves what what i noticed was mordecai like um like he's been in office for eight months um but a man's <laughs> you know he's 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 notorious well that's not the right word yeah. um infamous that's a bad that's, that's a, a bad negative renown yes right yeah. and like he's known all over mm-hmm. and everybody has respect for him some of them are even afraid of him and like what could he have done in those little eight months um that would have had him uh, um with such influence and just respect and so my admiration for him continues mm-hmm. to yeah. grow yeah. he low-key reminded me of of daniel in um the fact that we know based on what we've seen we know that he has good work ethic he's in um he has integrity and so um we could see him being rewarded for that yeah and, and I, that was nice to see and i think if we go back through um well not necessarily through, through the entire book but if we just look at the latter chapters we see him being acknowledged as the person who saved the king's life and so for me i think the king would have held him in esteem mm. for that for in that in terms of that and he would have gotten a certain level of um access to the king based on i'm gonna say access i like, just forgot i forgot he's he's the king's father-in-law <laughs> That's, so, that is also true. So that that, that is also true. He's the king's father-in-law. Um, but I think also the fact that the king may have considered the decree um, Mordecai wrote and looked at okay. um, what what the decision he made there. Because I think we, we talked about it when we looked at the decree itself. The fact that he didn't just say, go slaughter your enemies. He says, defend, defend yourselves. yourselves. And I think that is a significant... That is a sign of wisdom, that's a sign of maturity, that's a sign of integrity. And that is somebody, that's a refreshing change for the king <laughs> to have in his right-hand man. You know? um, it, it's, it's a turnabout from what he's used to. Okay. And I think that's incredible. So I think that all of that, you know, contributed to some of the the power he may have given Mordecai. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the things he may have delegated to him to do mm-hmm. and things like that. I, I had that same thing. Um, my wording was that Mordecai goes from being required to bow to someone to being the big boy, mm. fair and respected by the leaders in all the provinces. Wow. Yeah, I thought I thought it was a nice... And we talked about that the last time when we talked about he went in as a servant of the gates and comes out wearing the royal garb. Mm. So I think this is just another dimension of his turnaround, turn yeah. the turnaround in his story, which I think is beautiful. To piggyback on that point, um, I think... At two points in that um in that in that portion that we looked at, it talks about the leaders fearing Mordecai, and it talks about the other nationality uh, nationalities fearing the Jews. And so my takeaway was sometimes fear works in our favor. <laughs> like we we should not be fearful. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but I think other people's fear, <laughs> right? Because sometimes work in our favor. So that was an interesting that was an interesting um takeaway takeaway for me. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Um, I I have I have a point about the sons, but I don't know if that's more re- if it's more relevant now or in the on the end. Uh, let's bring it up in the in the next part because okay. we just we just briefly mentioned that. Okay. That's, okay. okay. Um, my thing I think my final point on this portion was that the Jews wiped out their enemies, and I think they were very clear about that. It talks about killed and destroyed, 
um, mm. smote with the sword their enemies. Like there was, there was very clear um, language to tell us that they killed it. The they people. finished. They, they, they wiped them out, right? But in this portion, as we'll see it again in the second portion of the chapter, not the chapter, the sec, the portion we're looking at is that they did not touch their property. Mm-hmm. And I think that was, I think that's something that was very significant because it's we repeated. get it, we get it. And right. every time they talk about them killing the enemies, they talk about they did not touch the spoils, they did not take their such a property. And so I think that was a very significant thing that came up um, yeah. in this in this portion. Mm-hmm. You have anything else for this for this mm-hmm. section? No. Okay. All right. So let's look at the last nine verses. I think eleven to nineteen. So, um, I did not initially when I was summarizing. I didn't put the date. Right? But I realized, to make it clear, I should have. Right? Okay. So, this takes place on the 13th day of Ada? 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 I'm not sure how to pronounce it. Right? So, on the 13th day of this month, this takes place. And in verse... In the, the 12th month. Well, okay. The 12th The 13th day of the 12th month. Right? Um, and at the, on the very same day, the king gets a report. Which was interesting to me. Right? Because I think it means that this was something that he was monitoring he must have had given instruction for people to come give me a report. So as soon as, on the very same day, the king gets a report of how many people the king, the, the Jews have killed. Mm-hmm. Right? And his response to getting this information is he goes to Esther and he tells her, um, the Jews in Susa have killed 500 men and Haman's 10 sons. And then, this is, this is what I found interesting, and then he tells her, what is your petition? It will be given to you. What is your request? It will also be granted. And Esther turns around and goes again, as you, in her usual um, respectful um, way, she goes, If it pleases the king, give the Jews in Susa permission to continue to defend themselves tomorrow and let Haman's ten sons be hanged. So the king commanded that this be done and Haman's sons were hanged. And then on the next day, so this is the 14th day of the 12th month, the Jews in Susa come together and they kill an additional 300 men. And again, we met, we were told that they did not touch their property. And in the rest of the provinces, the Jews came together on the 13th day to protect themselves from their enemies. And they killed 75,000 of their enemies. But on the next day, the 14th, the Jews in all the other provinces rested and made it a day of festivity and feasting. And on the th- so the Jews in Susa defended themselves on the 13th and the 14th, and they rested and feasted on the 15th. And so Jews in rural areas made the 14th a day of feasting and receiving gifts. Mm. And I thought it was interesting that they, they made mention of that because um, I guess it was a, it was a, what is the word? It was a, like a situational um, locational cele- celebration. Okay. So it looks like it looks like for Jews in the city, the fifteenth was a day of fasting, feasting, <laughs> feasting. Um, but in the rural areas, the fourteenth was the day of. Feasting. You just said that, but um, this is this is so interesting. They in in about eight months, they've gone from fasting to feasting. Ah, that's yeah. beautiful. That's beautiful. Yeah. yeah. And I think that I think for the latter half of this book, that has just been the theme, like complete mm-hmm. change, to complete turn about 
complete transformation. Like it, it's been beautiful to watch. Mm. Like it, I feel like I'm watching a movie, <laughs> and you fearful for the good guys. You are you like you you holding your breath, and then you get into the end of the movie, and they they are defeating the bad guys, mm-hmm. and they're just winning, mm-hmm. and they're getting promotions, and they're getting the girl, and it's just <laughs> going so well for them. That's how I feel about this this yes. part of it. The the, the book of Esther. Definitely. This is the part where, where you can grin. And, and the music changes. And you might even start to cry. Happy yeah. tears. Yeah. Right. The music yeah. changes. Yeah. Okay. Um, I, I think I mentioned this when I was summarizing, but I found it very, very interesting that the king gets a report at the end of the day and he goes to Esther, he updates her, and then he asks, what, what do, do you want? Because I, in my opinion, he's done a lot. Yeah. He's killed Haman. He's given um given them permission to come up with a, a plan to save their people. I think as the king and as her husband, he's done enough. Yeah. But it looks like he doesn't think so. Because to come and ask her, what do you want? But I think I think it may also be a case where he knows his wife as well. Because she <laughs> has a request. Like she has a request. So I I just thought but that just um I don't know that I've ever really paid that much attention to this chapter before okay um and so i i never really saw that like he came to esther and asked what do you want mm-hmm. and then the second day was her request yeah. so that was that was very very interesting for me it was very very interesting but like i i'm curious as to why she would ask that is it that um, my belief is that she wanted to send a clear message in the palace city. That I think, and I, I think, I think because she's raised, she's grown grown up here, right? Mm-hmm. So she has a good Quite idea of who the people are. Okay. And I, because I, I think I put that in my notes, and I think um, it makes me wonder if she knows something about the people in Susa. Yeah, cause like, um, oh, they've killed five hundred people. Five hundred people. There are more than five hundred people who hate us. Like, we need more time to kill more people. Mm. Yeah. That, that's interesting because um, the enemies were not given another day mm. in that mm-hmm. sense. So is it that it wasn't defense or did was it that she knew that people would might not might have taken the law into their own hands in the sense that um, the Jews would still be, be attacked because mm. they, they were given one day and would people still try to attack them on the next day and try to get away with it? So did she know that? Or was it like, we didn't kill all the enemies but today? I think, cause I think, I think she says, um, to c- let, let them continue to defend themselves tomorrow. Okay. I think that's let me let me pull up the Bible. But yeah, continue. You can go ahead and continue. Let me just check. Yeah, I thought that was interesting. I thought that, um, and I don't know if this is something Mordecai would have come up with. I think mm. <laughs> he would have been he would have been satisfied and peaceful with um. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know that that would be something Mordecai would have wanted to do. But I it just it shows some level of understanding, I guess, of because the fact that they end up killing more people, it shows that she understood that they would have been in still in danger mm-hmm. um, had they not gone for another day. Okay, so the NIV says, um, give the Jews in Susa permission to carry out this day's edict tomorrow also. So it looks like she was just asking for ex- uh, uh, extension on the decree itself. Which was, in the decree, it was just the right to defend themselves. Okay. So it looks like... And it's interesting, because if they were defending themselves, it means that 300 more people tried to attack them. They were just wilding out here. Mm. Did you not see 500 people killed <laughs> yesterday? 
But what I think is interesting, because I'm, I'm, I'm almost certain that some Jews must have died in the process. Like, I don't think you can go to war and come out completely unscathed. But I, I have not seen... Is it in no this, maybe it maybe it's in the second half? I don't know. I don't think so. I don't think if if they did die, I don't think they thought it was necessary to record their okay. deaths. Okay. Well, we'll find out next week. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that was interesting. Um. What else do I have? Um. I think it was interesting that their response to their success was feasting. I, my note is that um, being delivered from death is definitely a reason to send each other food. Because some of the, the visions are like, the gifts they sent the was food. food. Mm. Right. I'm just like, I if, if any, um, there if ever there is a time to send gifts of food, it's after you've been saved from death. Yeah. I thought that was interesting. I was like, I think that I should have put that in my, um, in what I'm going to apply to my life. <laughs> but um, when my celebrations will be from henceforth will be feasting a day of rest and feasting, I think that's I think that's my new approach. I'm adopting the habits of the yeah. Jews, and mm. when God comes through for me, we gonna take a day of rest and feasting. Yeah. That's 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 it. That sounds like it. Yeah. Mm. Um, my other no- n- note was um, him and sons. They they very much confused me. Um, I get that you might be upset that your father was killed, right? With his, after doing something very sketchy, but you've seen him die for it. You've seen him die for trying to attack the Jews. Why would you try to attack the Jews? I don't, I don't know. Like, I don't know that, like, because they're not counted in the 500 men. Uh, th- that's confusing to me because some versions they say five hundred men, including the sons, oh, okay. and some of them say five hundred men and, and the sons. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know what that means. But the, all of the versions I saw listed them by name. Yeah. So I get the impression that they were in addition to the five hundred men because they were like they kill five hundred men and and then proceed to list all of them. So I think that's. I thought that was like, they were like, we want you to know who were the ten guys we killed. These are human sons. These are their names. Yeah. Yeah, so I thought that was interesting. I didn't make note of that, but I thought that was interesting that they listed human sons by name. It wasn't enough to just say that we killed human ten sons. These were their names. And they also make I, to me, I they make sure to say that they didn't take their property yeah. Yeah, specifically. Um, but that I wanted to talk about that as well. They make mention of it so many times. I think the writer of the book wants us to know, you know, that the Jews were not in this for the money, mm-hmm. and um. As much as in the beginning, it seemed like on Haman's end, it seemed like it was more on the king's end. It seemed like it was for the money. And the, the people as well, because Haman told them, ah, you killed the Jews, you can take their stuff. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. On this end, it was not. It was not about, I think they wanted to that to be clear. This was about defending ourselves. This was not about um, killing people to get their money or um, we don't want to have the wealth of about enemies yeah we don't want it to ever be said that um they made us wealthy or and i think that is we got rich on their heads right i think that's admirable and and um because they got permission to take the wealth like the decree says you can take their stuff yeah yeah but i i think it was a a message they wanted to send out and that's we will kill you and not take your stuff yeah yeah i think that's interesting okay so 
do you have anything else are we no. going are we heading to what we learned about god we heading yeah okay um i think like for the last couple of chapters my lesson about god has continued to be the same like his mm. ability to completely turn things around um for his ability to involve me in the transformation because we see the jews firsthand um taking part in their deliverance like they right. f- they fight they fought for their lives yeah. Yeah. um but i think especially in the context of this chapter uh, my my specific point was god has the ability to turn the most bleak situation into a reason for feasting and celebration oh that's nice yeah. so i think and i think i think that ties into what i was saying we gonna feast. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my lessons were basically the same. Um, that he he gets us involved in our deliverance, in our solution, and I don't necessarily know why that is. I don't know if it helps us to trust him more. It helps mm-hmm. us feel a little less helpless. And I think I think it's a growing experience for us as well. I think it's a growing experience because we have to one we have to make ourselves available for him to use us mm-hmm. and also the process of him using us and us being part of the experience generally will change our lives okay yeah okay so that and then the the his his favor his um his ability to change things up for us yeah um i think that mordecai may not have made it to where he was even with all his good qualities without God's favor mm-hmm. and so that is definitely just a gift that we need to appreciate even if his daughter was the queen yeah yeah appreciate and be grateful for when we experience it yeah yeah so that was my lessons about God what about your what you can apply to your life other than the feasting <laughs> um I think for me what it was that the first one the first one had to do this one has to do a bit with my vanity right <laughs> um i have that when god lifts me up even people who do not know me will hear about me and respect me mm. and i pulled that from mordecai yeah, yeah. Mm. Mm. that was a that was a <laughs> i don't know i don't know that i necessarily want people to be afraid of the respect our component is nice and just just yeah. a little bit I, and granted i don't even know if i want people to know about me but um it's it's a nice thought. It's a nice. I, idea. I don't I don't even think it has to do with like me literally wanting this to happen in my life. But it it's an awareness that God has the ability to put me in a position, okay, um, where people who had never ever knew that TJ existed on this earth will, you know, become aware and um, take note. And, and 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 treat my people well <laughs> because of it because of it yeah okay so um this one this one my lessons about me i took them from Haman's sons mm. i was thinking about how um they didn't read the room <laughs> and and they just adopted Haman's prejudices like blindly it seems and, and they may have been out for revenge as well. Well, yes. Yeah, it, it seems like that as well. Um, and so it made me think about not just me, but um, my upbringing. I want to be very careful about, like, 
I think as a parent, you want your kids to believe what you believe. Mm-hmm. But I think what you believe is based on your experiences and uh, maybe a lot of your personal biases. Okay. So as a child, I want to be... Um, I don't want to just adopt my parents' beliefs and, and values and biases um, because they it comes from them. I want my beliefs and um, I want I was about to say my prejudices, <laughs> <laughs> but I don't want to be prejudiced at all. Um, I want it to come from a reality, not just um, somebody else's experience. And I and I want to take more things into consideration other than this is what my parents did or this is what my parents have said and this is what my parents believe. And as a, uh, an adult and as a Christian, I don't want to pass my prejudices and my biases on to the people around me. Okay. So that was my takeaway from Haman and his sons. Anything else? No? Okay. That's it. All right, so um, my last point had to do... Well, I took it from the unity of the Jews. And... <laughs> It's a difficult one for me because I need to work on it. Because one, I'm an introvert. I don't like group projects. I prefer to work on my own. I prefer to do things by myself. I prefer to be by myself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, l- let me be by m- myself. Um, but as much as I enjoy working on my own, I need to be in a place where I'm connected with God. Where when... Uh, it's time for unity. Um, I can be discerning enough or have the discerning spirit or listen, be able to hear the Holy Spirit tell me, TJ, you need to gather together. Mm-hmm. Now is the time for unity. Um, we cannot be um, focused on your introversion right now. And I need to be willing to make myself available to gather with God's people for a united front. Mm. School. That's rough, <laughs> but that's that's what I need to work on. After taking away from the first part of chapter nine, that's what I need to work on: being willing to be united um, for God's cause. Mm. And in the process, I might just save my own life. Because I get to defeat your enemies. Because can you imagine, right? Can you imagine, like the Jews had just said. You know, I lend I lend this person something, and they never bring it back for me. I'm not fighting with them. <laughs> I'm not doing it. <laughs> Although there's another one who's like an introvert. I'm like, I don't want to work with people. I I can do this by myself. I don't like. It would have been slaughter, but mm-hmm. like them coming together made all the difference. And so I need to come together with God's people. But I think in those situations, it happens naturally. <laughs> you don't agree, but yeah, I think I think but situation. Like but I, like I was saying, I think it comes about with the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so that was our um discussion on Esther chapter nine verses one to nineteen. Yep. Um, next week we look at verses twenty to thirty-two and chapter ten in the entirety. All right. So chapter, that's chapter ten is just three verses. Okay. So we're coming to an end of Esther. This has been an interesting uh, conversation. Yeah. Um, it's been a journey. Yes, yes definitely. Um, we look forward to hearing from you in the comments. We, um, 
you could share your thoughts, um, anything that stood out to you, and your answers to our usual two questions. Um, yeah, so um, I think next time is our last time on Esther. We also planning on doing a recap. Did we? T- we we must have spoken about this. I don't think we have. Okay, but yeah. Um, at the end of the book, we want to do a little discussion about the book in its entirety, and answer some of the comments we got um throughout the study. Yes. Okay. And we won't be by ourselves for this one. We're bringing some recruits. Yes. Hopefully, yeah, we could get them to convince them to come. <laughs> okay. So um, this has been What Shall We Say to These Things. I'm TJ. And I'm MJ. And until next time, we're out.